we've certainly seen in Sydney and Brisbane, uh, and to some degree Melbourne as well, but certainly in those two cities, um, you know, you, the, the buying conditions a year ago were manic. You know, you, if you turned up to the first open home, you were competing with 50 other bidders, maybe 100 inquiries. It was very, very difficult to buy anything uh, at a good price and with good terms. Well, that dynamic is now very different. You can negotiate much more forcefully. Um, so there's good opportunities in if you look at the projected population growth for the next decade, we'll probably see another. If you actually look ahead, building approvals are falling, new home sales are falling. And this is all happening at a time when immigration is ramping up, probably to record highs. So we're clearly heading into. So I guess the next two, three, two or three years is going to be characterized by. Welcome to Get Invested, the leading weekly podcast to help you unlock your full potential and enjoy your version of sustainable success that lies at the intersection of your three elves, yourself, your health, and your wealth. I'm your host and guide, Bushy Martin, and each week we go deep, sharing great conversations with proven experts in all walks of life, including the best investors, property experts, analysts, leaders, founders, sports stars, and health gurus, to uncover their secret know-how and where they invest their time, their skills and their money and the benefits that this creates. To help you find out what it takes to break free from the grind and discover your flavour of freedom, to create your freedom formula. You see, the truth is that everyone invests. Every second of every minute of every day, we're investing our time, our skills, our energy and our money in something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, and sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen, not let it happen. You'll hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent so that you can live more, work less, and live your legacy by investing now. You'll enjoy the stories and secrets of high performers who invest for success in every aspect of their lives and discover the top tips on how to get started how to make the most of your investment journey and ultimately to be living your dream, not someone else's. As you engage in each episode, you'll glean the information, inspiration and implementation that you need to get empowered and get invested in imagining and actioning the life that you've always dreamed about. And Get Invested is proudly part of Property Hub, your home for property investment insights and inspiration. Make sure you subscribe now on your favourite podcast player to get every episode of Get Invested and Realty Talk, which is Australia's leading and longest running online property show that's full of red hot property investing news and insights direct from all of the industry leaders and influencers. You can also connect with me personally and join the Get Invested community of fellow freedom fighters at bushymartin.com.au or on knowhowproperty.com.au. Now, let's get invested. Hi, Freedom Fighters. How are you currently feeling about interest rates and property conditions? If you're tuned into the 24-7 mainstream media mug rakers, that are, you're probably feeling concerned and nervous like a rabbit in the, in the headlights and sitting on the fear fence. And if it's one thing we know in property and finance, it's that it's always interesting. 
There's always seems to be some imminent disaster or storm cloud approaching that's purported to end the world as we know it, but strangely, they never seem to eventuate. And as Mark Twain so eloquently put it, I've had a lot of worries in my life, but most of them never happened. And this is never more true than the situation today where interest rates and property conditions are just returning from nuts back to normal. The fundamentals are all very strong. We're experiencing a rental crisis, which is generally an early warning sign of upward price pressure and future demand pressures from opening the migration flood rates are also very positive. Yet when you turn on the nightly news, it continues to be a binge of gloom and doom. So you're probably asking what's really happening and where's it all heading? And who can you trust to give you the facts, not the fear? Well, the best person I turn to is our Get Invested regular, Pete Wargem. As well as being one of Australia's brightest financial minds, Pete's well known to us here on Get Invested as a six-time published finance author and leading investment analyst. On the back of his work as an active investor, property buyer's agent, strategist and mentor. I can't fit too many more things in there, Pete. And he uses his tried and tested strategies to assist you in achieving your financial goals across the board spectrum of property and equities. And to help property buyers level the playing field, he's now spearheading the first true national buyer's agent business, Buyer's Buyers, that's harnessing the knowledge of Australia's leading buyer's agents at a price that every Aussie home buyer can afford. So welcome back and let's get invested, Pete. G'day, Bushy. Great to be on, as always. Always, mate. Uh, mate, uh, to kick things off, can you give us a bit of an update on uh, you know current progress with buyers' buyers? Yeah, so um, it's been uh, an interesting year. Certainly a slower year for a lot of um, people in the real estate industry. I think if we think back to 2021, things were fairly manic for a while there. I think you said uh, th- in your intro there, things are going from nuts to normal. Um, so definitely a slowdown. I think a lot of um, people are still getting their mortgage pre-approval, but there's just a, there's less FOMO in the market, uh, less uh, sort of panicked decision making, buying properties sight unseen, a lot more caution. So I think a lot of people are just taking their time um, and not uh, sort of uh, wanting to risk overpaying in the current conditions. So the market's still uh, ticking along, but certainly a lot slower than it was last year, and that's been the same for us too. Uh, not quite so many investors around at the moment, um, and a number of first home buyers just waiting until the new year. So um, yeah, like like most people in the, in the industry, a little bit slower at the moment. Yeah, no, oh, good. So, well, let, let's let's get stuck into uh, and drill down into property conditions. What what's your read on the the current arena around the country, and and what's your thoughts on what's currently influencing them? Yeah, I think. You touched on the number one point there straight away, which is um, mortgage rates and the trajectory of interest rates. I think, um, uh, as you said, the underlying fundamentals for demand in housing um, probably the highest they've ever been. If you look at the projected population growth for the next decade, we'll probably see another 3 million people in Australia by the end of 2030. So the amount of demand for housing is going to be phenomenal. Uh, it's just at the current time, interest rates have risen from the zero lower bound, and they're probably going to go a bit further yet. So there's lots of people just sitting on the sidelines, uh, waiting to see how high mortgage rates right go. And, and don't forget, there's a lot of people in the market, um, probably most people under under the age of 40, haven't really seen anything like this, a sort of a rapid tightening in monetary policy. So for some buyers, it's just causing some uh, a bit of fear, as you said, and a bit of caution. Um, but we're probably getting closer to the top of the cycle now in terms of the cash rate target. 
And uh, we'll probably see that in the next couple of months that we're pretty close to the top. Yeah, no, well put. Uh, well, as we both know, property values are generally affected by the dynamic mix of variables that broadly fall under the umbrella of supply, demand and sentiment. So if we break down and look at those individually, uh, what supply side factors are currently influencing property conditions as you see it? Yeah, so um, I guess you often find in markets and economics that you get uh, shortages followed by gluts, followed by shortages. It's just the way uh, supply and demand tends to work. So if you think back to um, during the pandemic, the government put in place the home builder stimulus. So lots of uh, particularly detached homes being built uh, in Australia, and not just in the big cities, this was spread all around the country. Uh, There's a record number of homes under construction, over 100,000. Um, but then just in the last six months or so, you know, the cost of materials has been very high. We've had um, flooding in various parts of the country. Um, so the housing construction is is slowing down now. And if you actually look ahead, building approvals are falling, new home sales are falling. And this is all happening at a time when immigration is ramping up probably to record highs. So we're clearly heading into a shortage of properties, particularly in sort of the key landlocked areas where people want to live. And as you mentioned um, just before, um, well, the rental market is already at record lows for vacancies and uh, there's no end in sight there. So I think um, the federal budget did sort of uh, grab a few headlines by talking about one million new homes over five years and it got a big round of applause in Parliament. But this is a little bit like when the coalition promised a million jobs in five years. That's kind of the bare minimum we need to build. And if you look at the fine print, uh, it's a target of one million homes between 2024 and 2029. Well, if you look at the decade preceding that, 2014 to 2019, we built much more than a million new homes. And after the demolition that happens, well, that, that's really a bare minimum target. So I guess the next two, three, two or three years is going to be characterised by a real shortage of housing. And as you mentioned, that tends to put upward pressure on rents, then eventually prices. Yeah, and that's uh, very interesting. I think the, uh, as you say, the, the the million homes exercise is a bit of a pimple on a pumpkin uh, in relation to it. It's about time we saw the the government step into the arena because they've made it a, a private sector issue for decades now. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that washes out. But let, let's now sort of turn to demand side factors. What, what's your read of the tea leaves on on that side of the equation? Well, we already mentioned um, interest rates, and that I suppose has a knock on impact to borrowing capacity. Um, so uh, this is more your bailiwick than mine. But uh, I guess with interest rates going uh, from sort of zero to three percent, so that that does have a an impact on the ability of some households to borrow. Uh, now, of course, not every household borrows the absolute maximum for their purchase, but it does make a difference at the margin. Um, so reduced borrowing capacities and increasing interest rates have uh, reduced some of the demands in the market. Um, we've also got um, a fair number of households who fixed their mortgage rates at record lows through the pandemic. Um, now, the most uh, common tenor of fixed rate mortgage, as you know, in Australia is two years. And it was about two years ago that we got this big surge in fixed rate lending. So there's a fair number of households that are now rolling off mortgage rates of, say, 2% and coming on to a new mortgage of, say, 5 or 5.5%. So that's going to punch a hole 
in uh, sort of household consumption. It's going to cut back spending for a number of households. It's probably not the disaster that the media likes to portray, but it's clearly going to make a difference uh, to those households who reset to a higher mortgage rate. But I think the the other thing sort of that's pulling in the other direction, it, we've got record high population growth likely over the next year or two. Um, you know, just looking at the monthly figures of arrivals, they're really surging. Uh, and it's uh, to date, it's largely things like working holiday makers and international students. But we've got all the permanent migration to ramp up again next year. Um, we could see population growth of 500,000 over the next year or two per annum. So there's big numbers coming. Um, and there's a few other sort of demand size, uh, just demand side measures, such as in New South Wales, where uh, stamp duty can be scrapped for first time buyers from January. So that will start to get things ticking over again in the new year, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting to see how that's going to shape up. I've, I've sort of been saying in recent times that a lot of Australians with a home loan are now mortgage prisoners. Pete, because uh, they're probably not aware of it, but with because of the impact on buying capacity reductions as interest rates in, increase, there's a lot of people now that can't even refinance if they wanted to. So uh, I think at some point in time, the the three percent buffer that APRA forced the uh, major banks to put on top for a servicing buffer probably needs to be reviewed. I'd I wonder, like your thoughts on whether you think that's still appropriate given uh, where rates are currently at. Should have gone already, Bushy, you know, as well as I do. You know, that's not the normal course of affairs. Now, this isn't a popular thing to say, you know, in the media, people always think, oh, yeah, we should have really big uh, 3% buffers. But there are a lot of unintended consequences of that. Uh, it traps people on existing mortgage rates unnecessarily. It uh, shuts out lots of first home buyers and investors from the market as a knock on to the rent, uh, knock on impact to the rental shortage. If you look at um, other parts of the world, the Bank of England has already scrapped its buffers, uh, just gone back to a one percentage point buffer. I think the thing is with the, the three percentage points buffer, it did make sense when you had yeah. the cash rate target at 10 basis points, basically zero. Yeah. Uh, but, and we've seen an increase of you know nearly 3%. So look, it, it made logical sense when you had extraordinary monetary policy. Uh, in place, but it doesn't make sense when we've already seen the bulk of the hikes for this cycle. Nobody is expecting another three percentage points of increases. So they just need to go back to the normal course of affairs. Um, it's always something where the message needs to be managed by the regulator, but the time is long gone now for the, the sort of extraordinary buffers and they need to go back to uh, a normal setting. Yeah, 100% agree. Now, let's let's sort of kick into the sentiment side because, uh, you know, I'm seeing sentiment have a, having a much bigger impact on um, people's decision-making process at the moment. So how big a part do you think the media-created sentiment is having on the current crisis of confidence in the property arena? Oh, it definitely has an impact. I think, um, you know, uh, not everybody sort of pays attention to what's going on day-to-day -day and week-to-week because most people are busy living their lives. But if you see a headline in the newspaper saying that house prices are going to rise by 20% or fall by 20%, it does suddenly capture their attention. Um, and I think uh, we've both seen enough property market cycles to realise this is never going to change. Uh, when the market is absolutely booming, uh, people feel the need, sort of an unholy need to get into the market as soon as possible. And then the, the reverse is true. When prices are falling and the media headlines are talking about doom and gloom, then people think, oh, maybe I should be selling. The exact opposite of what they should be doing. 
um, <laughs> but those um, property market cycles are as much as anything else driven by fear and greed. And I think that's the same in all financial markets. Um, so it, like it definitely has an impact, but I don't think it's going to change either. No, I think you have, and think I think it's going to get worse because the mainstream media is under pretty significant threat as far as their own revenues are concerned. And the best best way to sell newspapers and get our eyeballs on the nightly news is to scare the hell out of us. Very so well, I think you're right there. Are there any other emerging trends that you believe are going to impact on property values moving forward, other than population uh, that we've spoken about? Yeah, as you said, they all broadly fall under the categories of supply and demand. I think one of the things um, we'll probably see particularly in New South Wales, I think we'll see first home buyers coming back into the market from January. Um, the previous um, sort of policy, uh, up to 1.5 million, um, you, well, you'd have had to hand over $67,000 of stamp duty for a 1.5 million purchase. Now, of course, not every first home buyer uh, spends $1.5 million in Sydney, but they might spend 1 million and that's $40,000 of stamp duty that they previously would have had to pay. I think with the new uh, first home buyer law passing parliament, I think a lot of first home buyers who've got access to the bank of mum and dad or the ability to save a deposit, I think they will take the opportunity to get into the market. I think um, a lot of people uh, look at what their peers and friends are doing and they tend to follow each other. Uh, so I think uh, one of the dynamics that's going to push that along is rising rents. I think um, anyone who's looked for a rental recently will have noticed the level of competition uh, rents in some areas rising 20% per annum. Uh, certainly seen that in parts of Queensland and uh, seems increasingly Sydney and Melbourne as well now. Um, so I think that sort of tilts the buy versus rent decision as well. Um, so there's, there's a lot of uh, factors that uh, pull in both directions, but you're generally seeing you know, rental yields rising now, uh, rents rising as well. So I think eventually we'll uh, get towards the, the peak of the fear and we'll start to see a bit more optimism but probably in the new year when people uh, stop worrying so much about rising interest rates yeah good good call interestingly enough in relation to the new south wales stamp duty changes and, and virtually transferring into a, an ongoing land tax type of an exercise uh the, it's already starting to have an impact uh, particularly with a ripple effect out into the regions into the mm. hunter valley and in those locations because uh, i only just found out recently that while it officially comes into play on the first of january those those that buy properties now can can actually still uh apply a, for a refund mm. yeah exactly right so uh, we're already starting to see that flow through uh if we we sort of start uh looking to the future then pete what's your outlook for property conditions in the medium term i think one of the values of doing uh podcasts like this bushy is uh, trying to see the bigger picture i think um you know, you and I both know that property tends to work best as a 10 or 20 year investment or possibly even longer if you buy really well. Uh, but uh, the nature of the beast these days, particularly with online media and sort of click based headlines is that everybody's focused on what's happening, you know, this weekend and next weekend. I think if you look at the bigger picture, uh, we've now got um, incomes rising, at least in nominal terms. Uh, we're starting to see wages growth and household income growth. Um, I think we'll see probably the highest population growth Australia has ever seen over the next 10 years. And um, there's a lot of challenges now in terms of supply. Uh, uh, developers um, facing insolvency, particularly in southeast Queensland. Materials yep. prices are very, very high. A lot of projects being scrapped or mothballed. Um, so I think that's really what's going to characterise the housing market over the coming years is there's going to be 
um, a record level of demand and only so much supply that can be delivered, particularly in those sort of key landlocked middle ring suburbs or regional centres. Um, so uh, obviously at the moment, all of the attention is on inflation and interest rates. That's the nature of the beast. But if you're taking a 5, 10, 20 year view, I think, um, well, that's what you really need to do. And uh, the, the fundamentals, as you mentioned at the beginning, they're now very strong. Yeah, spot on. So uh, given all of that, uh, where are the current property opportunities that you see and what strategy works best in, in current conditions? Yeah, really, yeah, Miss horses for courses, depends on your budget. I think um, we've certainly seen in Sydney and Brisbane, uh, to some degree Melbourne as well, but certainly in those two cities, um, you know, you, the, the buying conditions a year ago were manic. You know, you, if you turned up to the first open home, you were competing with 50 other bidders, maybe 100 inquiries. It was very, very difficult to buy anything uh, at a good price and with good terms. Well, that dynamic is now very different. You can negotiate much more forcefully. Um, so there's good opportunities in uh, Sydney, Brisbane. Um, you already mentioned, I think, some of the regional centres as well, if you've got a slightly lower price point. Um, there's plenty of uh, some of those uh, what they call peri-urban locations. So they're not capital cities, but they're within that sort of two-hour gravitational pull of the capital cities. There's a lot of demand shifted outwards with the working from home phenomenon. So um, you already mentioned there, Hunter Valley, Central Coast. Uh, those are some of the types of areas that have been popular. Ditto the south coast of New South Wales. Yeah. Uh, certainly seen it in regional Queensland from Gold Coast to Sunshine Coast. Same applies, I think, in uh, parts of Victoria as well. So, look, it really depends on your budget um, and uh, what you're trying to achieve. But a lot of the, the principles of good property investing haven't really changed. Um, you know, high land to asset value, something you can rent out for a good rental return, possibly some future value add potential. Those are the kind of things you tend to look for. And you generally get really good results over time. Yeah, I, I think yeah, my thoughts at the moment are it, it's always been about the quality of the location and the quality of the property. It's it's even more so now, given that we've seen sort of COVID bring forward capital growth in a lot of areas that otherwise would have been just sort of dribbling along. Uh, I, I believe there needs to be a much bigger focus on investment grade uh, properties that have owner occupier appeal if you're a, a long term investor looking for growth. And uh, that's probably a good segue into <clears throat> what I see in relation to the need for buyers agents, because as as many parts of the country are now shifting from a, a sellers to a buyers market, uh, what's your thoughts on why uh, buyers should be really seriously considering property buy uh, buyers agents to actually uh, look after their next purchase? I think um, Australia historically. Um, we've only really seen about two to three percent of properties that are actually transacted through a buyer's agent. Number of reasons for that. I think traditionally people felt that it was something that they could or should do themselves. Then we have um, gradually over the past 15, 20 years seen a shift towards the use of um, real estate professionals. It does make sense because you don't buy properties every day, um, just in the same way that uh, you use a mechanic to fix your car. You want somebody who's an expert in the arena. Uh, particularly, as you mentioned, if you're, if you're making a purchase of $700,000 or higher, you know, well, you know, those are very big financial decisions that it pays to get right. Um, I think uh, if you're buying interstate, it's really a no brainer to, to use a buyer's agent who's familiar with the local legislation, local market conditions, and can help you avoid some of the real pitfalls of buying the wrong property. Because I think 
probably more than ever before now with higher purchase prices, you need to make sure you get it right. Um, so a good buyer's agent will help you to buy with less time, uh, less cost if they negotiate well, uh, less risk and overall less stress as well through the transaction. Yeah, well said. Uh, where, where do you see buyer's buyers fitting into that equation then, Pete? So the concept behind Buyers Buyers, when we set it up a few years ago, uh, was we would offer buyers agency services nationally. So we don't just focus on one city or a certain range of suburbs. We've got a, a national panel of buyers agents covering every state and every territory. Uh, but also we do start from a more affordable price point. Um, I think that was one of the other challenges, particularly for first home buyers and some investors was yeah, the buyer's agent fees have increased certainly since I've been in the industry over the past dozen years or so. You've seen the the average buyer's agent fee has increased. And I think especially for a first home buyer who spends a few years saving their deposit, it was quite difficult to stomach then sort of paying for a, a, a buyer's agent fee on top of that. So um, that's one of the things we look to do is we offer a range of levels of service. Um, so if you want to spend a bit less on the buyer's agency fee, that is an option for you. Yeah, no, well said. Uh, so uh, looking at buyers, buyers itself, mate, uh, what's what's new and next for the, the team moving forward? Yeah, so at the moment we're um, working with um, a number of uh, banks and mortgage brokers. Uh, so we've got a lot of um, industry referral partners who um, send us their clients who've got their mortgage pre-approval, but they're just not quite sure what the next step should be. But in saying that, we get a lot of people come to us directly as well. Um, so there's plenty of um, information we put out there. We've got uh, plenty of reports available on our website if you're looking at doing market research. Um, so the website's buyersbuyers.com.au. And if you just look at the property news and property reports sections, uh, there's lots of information there to help you um, get educated and make the right decision. And of course, we have a weekly podcast as well, which you can always tune into too. Yeah, Pete's podcast is always worth a look, and I would really recommend uh, listeners actually subscribe uh, to a website. Uh, the, the newsletters you send out are always informative, always topical, uh, really giving you a good sense of what's going on and what's coming next. So uh, really encourage that, mate. Uh, look, uh, as always, I want to thank you for your time and in insights again today, Pete, and uh, you're always on the money in terms of uh, what's happening in the marketplace. So uh, thanks for your time, and let's keep the conversation going. Pleasure, Bushy. And uh, yeah, just a, I guess a key message for today, try and focus on the bigger picture. Don't worry too much about the next day or the next weekend. Uh, try and think of property as a longer term investment and you'll fare much better. Yeah, always sage words, mate. Thanks, Pete. Cheers. Talk, Thanks, Bushy. Talk soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks for getting invested. Now, here's three easy ways you can take action to start making it happen to ensure you build momentum and start living by design, not default, so that you're following your freedom formula. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and keep the weekly inspiration coming. Secondly, get a copy of my book, Get Invested, for free and find out what it takes for you to invest in living more and working less. Just visit bushymartin.com.au forward slash books or knowhowproperty.com.au or click on the links in the show notes. And thirdly, join me and the Get Invested community. Each month, I send a free and exclusive email full of practical self-health and wealth wisdom that our current Freedom Fighter subscribers can't wait to get. Just visit bushymartin.com.au, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. And there you have it. In three easy steps, 
you're on your way to dusting off your forgotten dreams and making them a reality. Get Invested is proudly part of the Property Hub, your home for property investment insights and inspiration. When you subscribe to the show, you get all of your Get Invested episodes, along with Realty Talk, Australia's longest running and leading online property show for red hot property investing news and insights direct from all of the industry leaders and influencers. And finally, feel free to connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, as I'd love to hear your feedback, your inspiration, your ideas, and your questions and queries anytime. Thanks for listening. Hear you next week. And as always, dream as if you will live forever and live as if the day's your last. Music